Hello and welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. Prove it. Just kidding. I believe you. Hello, Katie. I'm Cody. Hello, Cody. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Doing this show. Nope, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this bit. Um, no, joining no. us today is our friend, our former colleague, comedy writer, and host of the podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, Alex Schmidt. It is so good to be here. Thank you, guys. That's great. Gosh, you're such a jerk, Alex. How could you be so rude? <laughs> yeah, tone it down. <laughs> it's also, I like that Cody challenged Katie to prove it immediately. We're sticking yeah. to evidence. We're all <laughs> no, about exactly. facts. Figures, numbers. I actually do have my ID right next to me. Good. Show it. But it doesn't say Katie. It says my real name. (laughs) What? (laughs) My full name. Right out of the gate. Yeah. The social post is going to be each of us holding up our credit cards, numbers, sign out. Just let everybody know. Here's my social security, uh, my birth certificate, and my My home address. My first name was... Today, February 4th. I have got to acknowledge that it is National mm-hmm. Thank a Mail Carrier Day. Thank you, mail carriers. Mm. Really, truly, thank you, mail carriers. You, you, wow. you deliver our mail. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, they it. They carry the mail. And, and I especially appreciate the four free COVID tests that were in my mailbox yesterday. Ooh, you got them. Did you guys get your four free COVID oh. tests? I didn't get mine yet. No, not thank yet. You. No. US. That was a fun up. store page, though. Wait, so like everybody, everybody here now, when did you order them? The day that they said you can order it. Site went up. And mine came like the next week. So I guess interesting. Interesting. My route is uh, more prolific with the tests Mm -hmm. than yours. Maybe mine were stolen and I need to start posting on Nextdoor about the mail thief that I'm imagining in my head. Make sure to thank (laughs) your mail carrier because it's not their fault. Mm, Um, Maybe they're the one doing the stealing. February fourth, when I post on next door, sorry, Katie, <laughs> is also National Homemade Soup Day, and I gotta say, <laughs> I make homemade soup all the time, but it's specifically that homemade style can of Campbell's Chunky Soup that I open it and pour it into the pot, and I think that that's homemade enough because uh, it was in my house and I made it. He it's fine. I'm agree with you. Completely. It's about as good as it gets here. <laughs> Home heated. No, it's actually incredibly easy to make soup, but I have never mm. done it. <laughs> Secret incredibly easy. Secretly incredibly easy. <laughs> hey, that could be my home show. Great. It yeah, could be your I home show. <laughs> the podcast is a home show because I tape it at home. And then it's mm. a home making show is the other thing. I mean, this is oh, a your whole home, different your rebrand home home for you. <laughs> Secretly incredibly easy. Fascinating Soup-ly recipes. incredible food. For the soup inclined. I, also, I don't know. You, we'll work you said on that it. holiday, and I, I legitimately made chili from scratch on February 2nd. And Did I, you? I heard that holiday, and I was like, too soon. Huh. I blew no, my mind. It's okay. It's a way too celebrate early. early. No, no. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't wait. You know, yeah. we put don't the need Christmas to tree up in November. That's fine. You take it down I, in February. That's okay, too. How, time is how a fuzzy thing. You want celebrate every day. How thick does something have to be for, to change it from a soup to a stew? That's that's a question for the experts, folks. Mm, I I'm yeah, just a humble chili yeah. maker. I'm just stirring my pot <laughs> over here. I, I can't believe I asked that question that. and no Can one. A stew, <laughs> a stew is a type of soup to me. I would say it. It's yeah. sort of like um, if it reminds you of cereal a little bit, right? Like it needs a little bit of something because there's no, like what? soggy. 
I think like a sogginess leans Excuse more towards me, what? stew. Are you but a equating soup, like a cereal soup to a soup? Well, no, no, well, I'm just saying like in terms of like the ratio of, you know, in that the case, I make stuff soup all the, the time, the veggies and the things to the broth, right? Uh -huh. Cereal to milk. Like it needs some sort of ratio there, not just like a slop. That's right. Which I think is the question, right? Because if you don't have enough of the cereal, it's just milk. Well, I well, there's no other name for it. Um, <laughs> there's no, they're like, yeah. you don't, you don't, there's no word for cereal and milk. It's just like your cereal and you assume that there's milk involved. It's not like right. a soup where you say like my, oh, my veggies and broth. No, it's my veggies soup. and broth. Well, I, I guess you could. <laughs> Look, they're all, they're all different forms of packing a bowl. Right, we can all agree. Yeah. Exactly. But that's the phrase to describe the many things we yes. just described. It's packing a bowl. And packing a bowl. <laughs> Happy pack a bowl day to everybody. Happy pack a bowl day. However you um, choose to celebrate. I know how I'm going to celebrate now, but <laughs> before we we talk about the news, let's just talk to you for a moment. I, Wonderful. you know, we, you host a podcast, secretly incredibly fascinating. We've been on the show. Twice <laughs> the idea, now. like you secretly, you secretly. A host podcast. You secretly hold an incredible. <laughs> you don't tell anybody about it. Podcast. You record it every day. Not sure what the point is, yeah. but we're we're blowing the spot on that podcast today. <laughs> so we've been on there twice: once to talk about the iconic screen painting, and a second time to talk about my favorite utensil, spoons. Um, and it turns out that a lot of things are, in fact, secretly incredibly fascinating. How did you get started with this idea? And are there any favorite topics that you've covered? These are such nice questions. I, I legitimately oh. spoons because when you guys were on about the scream, we just got into the idea of spoons because Katie yeah. suggested like <laughs> that seems like a fit. And absolutely. And uh, yeah, I always want everything around me to be more exciting than I think mm -hmm. it is. And I think you, and you can get there with like facts and reality. You don't have to make up weird headcanons. You can just learn why there's more to everything. Yeah, uh, if we yeah. actually look under the, the surface and dig around a bit, there's actually a lot of very weird, bizarre occurrences that contribute yeah. to this random thing that we're talking about. And the very first one was about U.S. post offices. So now oh, anytime things happen with the mail, I feel connected to it. And feel mm -hmm. like, so I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another thing I know. I know, I know <laughs> yeah, that yeah, system yeah. very well. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this thing do going you, on with it. Do you Great. thank a mail person in that episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a mail carrier reach out and say they enjoyed hearing it while they carried Aww. mail. That's nice. Which felt great. Like it was all just so full circle. Very good. Alex, you are also a four-time Jeopardy champion. Yes. Was so over the moon when you were in Jeopardy. Thanks. The coolest thing. We are all so <laughs> proud of you. How was that? <laughs> No, I just want you to talk about being on Jeopardy. And like, did you hope to become what is the new Jeopardy? Jeopardy? Yes. What is Jeopardy? Uh, oh, man. And should you be the new host? I know you're not, but you should have been. Mm. I, I mean, I would love it. But it would, be like, it would be like suddenly getting selected to play Major League Baseball. Like, it would yeah, be so yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I would uh, short circuit. And then I don't know if I could do it. But it'd be great. Mm. I it was very fun. It was 2018 I was on and so it was still Alex Trebek and it was pre-COVID and it was a very smooth and fun experience. Like I drove over from Pasadena to it almost it, they taped five episodes in a day. So all my shows just happened in one day. And on some level, it felt like a weird freelance gig at the Sony yeah, yeah, yeah. in Culver mm -hmm. City. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is a cool check for this freelance gig. Otherwise, right. uh, you know, just kind of uh, hit my marks. OK, cool, 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 cool. It's weird to have a tiny bit of 
film and TV uh, yes. uh, prior experience going into it. Yeah. And everyone else there is just from some random state. But you're like, no, I'm I'm business. Ad- I'm biz yeah. adjacent. Miss, Mr. Know? Hollywood here. on <laughs> Mr. Hollywood over here. What What's the conversation you get asked the most about your time on Jeopardy? Like, what's the question you get asked the most, I guess? Oh, what was Alex Trebek like? Uh, yeah, and also, like did a- I? How did I prepare? And Alex Trebek was everything I was hoping. And then, yeah, I didn't. I, I mostly just watched the show a lot, which I have done for fun, like my whole life. Especially at, in Chicago, it airs at three thirty, and so I would come home from school and watch it, and then mm-hmm. proceed with the rest of the day. Yeah, you were like a super fan from a young age, right? You had like the book and yeah. stuff, and like the factoids about like the show and all that. <laughs> yeah, they put out a book. I think it was in. The early 90s, maybe. And it's this yellow cover with a very young Alex Trebek on it. And then I would carry it around middle school. And I had a teacher who very nicely like did a question with me each English class when I came. And Follow-up question. How cool were you in school? <laughs> <laughs> uh, About as cool as amount. I was. As cool with my as Beatles everybody trivia was book in that I carried around. At that age. <laughs> Your what book? What kind of trivia? My, I had a Beatles trivia book that I would carry around with me. Oh, right on. Awesome. I should have gotten into, into Jeopardy, what though. What are the Beatles? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm short-circuiting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, stamp fans. Do you like stamps? Do you like putting stamps on literally everything, regardless of if you're mailing that thing or not? Boy, if that's the case, then you're gonna love this ad for stamps.com. Listen here, Mick. Sometimes we got a lot of mail to send. And so while the post office is super hot right now, perhaps you just don't have the time to go there. Well, geez, stamps.com makes it just so darn easy to print official U.S. postage right in your home. That's for any letter or package or class of mail to anywhere in the world. Not to mention that on top of having the services of the post office and UPS all in one place, stamps.com offers discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps! It's a stamps.com ad, and you love it. So you know what to do. You gotta try out these darn stamps. There's no risk, and with our promo code More News, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in More News. That's stamps.com, promo code More News. You love stamps? You stamp at you? Get all the stamps today. What happened to me? I can't stop, oh no! All right, guys, I think it's time for us to dig into some news. Some 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 news topics. We're ready for this news. It is February, and February, as you guys should know, is Black History Month. Uh, and this year, to kick off Black History Month, a number of HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, received bomb threats earlier this week on Monday and Tuesday, including Howard University, Morgan State, Xavier University, and many others. Um, yeah, <laughs> this was a pretty dark start to the week. Uh, you know, no, vi- no devices were found at any of the locations. Um, the FBI has identified six persons of interest who are all juvenile, uh, another word for underage, uh, tech savvy, uh, you know, and, and they use a lot of different methods to hide their identities. 
One of the uh, callers made elaborate claims describing seven devices hidden around the campus and that a gunman would open fire later in that day. Uh, the caller claimed to be from the neo-Nazi group Adam Waffen Division. It's bad. This isn't great. Um, Benny Thompson, chairman of the House, chairman of the Committee on Homeland Security, said it is not lost on me that these threats are targeting African-American educational institutions at a time when we're observing Black History Month. I don't think that was lost on uh, the kids who did these bomb threats either. And it, it is pretty upsetting. I mean, it's upsetting in, in any circumstance, but to know that these are, are minors, again, especially since the hot button topic in vogue is the banning of critical race theory, uh, something that isn't, isn't even taught in grade school, but just this whole conversation, you know, about the that's resulted in the whitewashing, the banning of just basic facts and uh, misrepresenting what everything is about. Do you describe this exactly right? And I'm frustrated that the Internet makes everybody an adult. Like whatever yeah, you're doing yeah. on the Internet, you're essentially an adult. Like what it, it doesn't really matter what age you are in real life. But then I don't know. We then it, it seems like maybe it'll make it harder to prosecute these. Mm hmm. Punks is way too weak of a word. I don't know. Right. These assholes for doing what they're doing, you know? Little shits. So uh, just a little bit about the state of the critical race theory conversation, in case you guys haven't been listening to this oh. show. <laughs> <laughs> but this is from Axios. Uh, since last year, 14 states have imposed such restrictions through legislation, executive actions, or commission votes. Uh, an Education Week analysis found. In addition, 35 states, 35 states have introduced bills or taken other steps to restrict teaching of critical race theory, a concept that focuses, focuses on the legacy of systemic racism or, how, or limit how teachers can discuss racism and sexism. Um, you know, basically, these proposals allow state officials to punish schools and educators for discussing racism and the history of people of color. Here are some examples in Axios. Teachers may also introduce Malcolm X, but not read his speeches. Mention soul singer Marvin Gaye, but not discuss his what's going on lyrics. Or point out Rosewood, Florida or Tulsa, Oklahoma on maps, but not talk about the racial atrocities that occurred there. I mean, there's lots of stuff like this. Yeah. This it's you wild. Know. I mean, it's not yeah. wild. It's completely expected um, and predictable and... Uh, still disappointing but there's so many uh, and they say it out loud um, just sort of the purpose of these is to get rid of any negative depictions of of US history um, it's this sort of push to get like it's like that patriotic like loyalty like we're, we're great there's nothing bad um, and the, the even the bad things we're just going to talk about the good parts of them which kind of really just uh, yeah, it it ruin like that's not that that like defeats the purpose of history, which is like learn lessons and like learn what happened and how we get here and how how history's progressed. So you can maybe not like not repeat certain atrocities, um, or not hand wave them away. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit in the uh, future about possibly uh the whoopee of it all. Um, and I think that's like an example <laughs> where like you're not like there's like we need to talk about the worst parts and why those existed and why they happened right. um instead of just being like well the u.s is the greatest country in the world and all of our history was good yeah if it, it it's exactly right if you, and it feels like they're looking for like a cheat code to just 
erase a lot of the facts of history. Like Mm -hmm. they just found the term critical race theory in a dusty book in one corner of one university. And then they were like, oh, we can just use this as a hammer. Great. We can, yeah. we can just yeah no this, this can mean like. everything basically cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, mean everything and it's gonna and scare and parents it, enough um all you need to do is say that word or that but you can keep it vague enough so you're not even really sure yeah. what it means like they can just say oh critical race theory and then not actually ever really explain it and it just becomes this catch-all in terms of like how they they package it to people i mean it, it's it's it is mind-blowing uh, to think about, like what I just read, 35 states introducing this. Like, this isn't... Yeah, but there's probably until, like 400 states or something like that. Probably, so, but not, we can't know for sure. We can't. Um, no. But, into, you know, as you guys, <laughs> both of you were speaking, I'm thinking about like basic political science classes that I've taken about how and like a, a core thing is just that history repeats itself mm. and that there is something in us mm. where we develop to a point where we refuse to remember the lessons we've learned and then just recreate them in a different setting over and over and over and over again. Mm. And this is how. (laughs) Yeah. I also think we don't even, we don't want to teach the lesson. Like these are kids, whoever's doing it, who clearly didn't learn some of the lessons of history. And now we're banning the teaching of those lessons. The The Biden administration last summer announced that they were going to step up efforts to uh, prevent violent white supremacist attacks and that they were going to focus more on domestic extremism. But I think those are all law enforcement efforts and there don't appear to right. be any mm-hmm. efforts, you know, as a society to to do anything in education federally or to counter the ideologies that lead to bomb threats against HBCUs. It's like, well, we're going to we're going to give the FBI more money to track down domestic mm-hmm. extremists, but we're not going to like we're going to we're not going to teach anyone anything so that there m- won't be this right. number of threats in the next generation. Yeah, in fact, we're going to teach them less apparently. Right. And I don't know how you talk about that on a federal level. You but know, yeah, that's a it, that is a really good point, though. Like it is, it just is like, no, we're going to just like flood law enforcement with money and hope that they can like put the band-aids on instead of get the knives to stop making the scars. I mean, white supremacist organ organizing all of that. It happens online. Like there's all sorts of different cells of org- like that people don't even know about. Like you can go about your day thinking, oh, racism's fine, but it's been it's never gone away. There are, it's always been organizing. There's always this movement. And I think it's important that we also have a conversation about law enforcement during Black History Month, <laughs> obviously, for many reasons. But Black people, uh, for a lot of reasons, don't have very much confidence that law enforcement will have their best interests at heart. Um, and I think a recent story from the past couple months that you may or may not have heard about kind of illustrates that. Um, and, and it's the story of the, the deaths of these two black women, both from Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I believe they died on the same day, separate incidents. And the police didn't even notify their families they'd been deceased. They didn't look into any sort of foul play. This is against the backdrop of what we all were swept up in, in the national search for Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry, And then not months after that, we're talking about this and, and, and like truly, truly galling. The, yeah. <laughs> the, 
the parents, the family members of one of these women had to go to the house of the person that they knew had gone out with their with her. And he told her that she died and literally gave them her belongings, which the police didn't even take, didn't even look into whether or not there was foul play. You know, and, and, and it seems like there might have been fentanyl involved, at least in one of them. But that even of itself is a really fishy catch all. With all stories like this, I'm like, I really want the police department involved to, like, explain what they do do. With their time, right? Like what? <laughs> what are they for if not everything that they should have been doing there? I don't know. One of these um, stories, the Lauren Smith Fields, who was twenty three, a, a formal investigation into her death was only started after Cardi B tweeted about it, right? Right. Um, and there was like public oh. and social pressure for right Bridgeport to like reveal what they had and like do a bigger investigation. Yeah, and Cardi is the police commissioner in that town. Like, she's doing I her job, but what about the other job. officers, right? Commissioner B. <laughs> commissioner B, yeah. <laughs> she mentioned that the the uh, other victim uh, was Brenda Lee Rawls, who was 53. Um, and yes, they were both found on the same day. So it's pretty pretty upsetting. Should Should we try to talk about... Ukraine and Russia. We're not Ukrainian Russia experts here, but it's hard to ignore that this is happening. Russia has amassed about 100,000 troops along its border with Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine is a 100,000. 100,000. Yeah. Mm. It's just been, okay, that's too many. It's a lot, right? <laughs> it's a lot for a person that says that he's not trying to do anything, he's just defending him against self against the West. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in America, mm-hmm. but okay, they're just there. <laughs> yeah, and I've played risk. Like, if you want to defend yourself against Alaska, you garrison Kamchatka, right? One hundred percent. And then the yeah. dotted line there, it's hard to invade through. It's mm-hmm. basic strategy, mm-hmm. people. Basic strategy. So he's he's for a long time wanted Ukraine. He's wanted it back. Of course, in twenty fourteen, the invasion of Crimea. Look, we all want Ukraine back, but. <laughs> Let me just get what you want. All right. Gosh, this is why we have you here for this. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like trying to explain everything to everybody Um, in a way that they can understand. Russia has denied that it is planning on invading Ukraine and instead says it's only concerned about its own security. Like I mentioned, Uh, Putin has made several demands of the United States and NATO, primarily that NATO halt eastward expansion and guarantee that Ukraine will not join. They also want a missile defense system in Romania removed and a few other things. So basically, couching this as I'm only doing this because I don't want Ukraine to be a part of NATO. And and can you blame me? Can you blame me? (laughs) Why would I want them to be a part of NATO? It's not my fault. I like I like the concept that NATO is expanding eastward. Like it's it's an alliance. Aren't they just signing people up? Like it's not it's not sending troops through. Amazing. Yeah. Really good. But they want (laughs) Putin doesn't want Ukraine to be a part of NATO. Because then NATO forces can come and yeah. help defend Ukraine against Putin because mm-hmm. Putin <laughs> wants Ukraine, mm-hmm. you know? So, <laughs> okay, so US and NATO say, no way, baby, not gonna happen. Uh, yeah, but it might consider some secondary concessions, things like armed control and greater transparency, military exercises. Okay. So basically right now, it's a little bit of a, a diplomatic stalemate. 
it's it's seems like everybody's amassing more troops. Biden announced that 3000 troops will be deployed to Poland and Romania, although U.S. troops will not be going to Ukraine if there is an invasion. We're just going to go there to those other places. Mm -hmm. But also we're going to give Ukraine a lot more weapons, which you already have been doing. And in this conversation, of course, are the poor Ukrainians. You know, a lot of them are still reeling from conflicts in the past. Again, the annexation of Crimea. There are a lot of pro-Russia separatists there are a lot of people that don't and and it's bad for them ultimately from what i've been reading you know um it's the other places i don't have it in front of me the other place that that putin took uh with the promise of it being good for them but economically it's not they're in a, a weird limbo zone where they don't have as many employment opportunities and trade is difficult to get through and it's um not necessarily good the u.s has accused russia of planning of a false flag attack in Ukraine, uh, something that, uh, you know, that Putin is going to do as a pretense for an invasion. And the U.S. strategy through all this has been to say, like, hey, we know what you're going to do, so you can't do it anymore. No one's going to believe your, like, propaganda video about some um, attack in eastern Ukraine or in Russia that you say Ukraine and NATO are doing if we're, like, giving away the game beforehand. And it's kind of unclear if this strategy is going to right. like work or if Putin's going to be like, well, now I'm just going to do it. I'm, maybe that's weird, but I feel for whichever Russians like love the USSR and we're really excited about it because it seems like <laughs> that's the, the fan base for this. Like they're, sure. the, the imperialism they want to get back to is just fully rolling tanks into Eastern Europe. And that's really messed up. I wish they had a different thing they missed. You know, <laughs> nostalgia hits everybody different, you know, like the British miss being the British Empire. So they did Brexit because they want to leave Europe yeah. and feel special. Yeah. Like like the Russian <laughs> one is really, really. Uh, it's not even it's like command and conquer. Like they all think yeah. they're Yuri from those games or something. I don't get it. Don't do that. <laughs> I can't see how this would necessarily be good for Russia, but I can't predict what is going to happen. And you would think Russia would be all wound up about the Winter Olympics. Why aren't they focused on that? Why right? aren't they focused? This is they your time it. to shine, guys. They blood dope <laughs> yeah. for it and everything. It's like their favorite thing <laughs> in the whole world. They forgot about it as well. Nobody remember that there was a Winter Olympics. He's the reason why he hasn't invaded. He's like, oh, shit. Did nobody let me know. Why wasn't this in my Google Calendar? I would have planned this better. No, they're just focusing on the real, yeah. the the you know the real Olympics war, right? <laughs> I I was reading about how Putin's been like kind of planning his economy to be able to handle the yeah. inevitable sanctions that the U.S. would place on him because he knows that the U.S. isn't going to like go into Ukraine and fight against him. So militarily, he's like. NATO's gonna sit there and like maybe do a buildup of troops, but like if I want to invade Ukraine, I'm going to invade Ukraine and take it. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like, can Russia economically withstand the sanctions that we'll place on them, which Biden has threatened are going to be like above and beyond anything we've done before? And they're also trying to like let him know, like, hey, this we're giving Ukraine a lot of weapons. There might be more casualties on your side than you anticipate. Um, and I think right now that's what Putin's weighing. Um, but you're right, Katie. Like from everything I've read, this seems to be entirely about what Putin's going to decide to do and when. And like <laughs> we just have to sit and wait. And that's kind of a thing that I mean, 
I've never met that man, so I can't mm. speak. Oh, you've never been? But, you've never met? <laughs> but from what I get, he's a little bit of a scamp. He's a little bit of an agent of chaos, you know, a little bit of a like a, a shit stirrer. Uh, so I, I believe, again, from my limited perspective, that he enjoys fomenting that like look, uncertainty around his actions. That's probably a big part of it. The insecurity, the, you know, people, I mentioned what it, Ukrainians, I mean, imagine how terrifying that is for them and the tensions being raised really high. And again, there are a lot of pro-Russian separatists in Ukraine. It's a, a muddy area. So how can this, you know, weaken their government and weaken everybody? Like, how can well, yeah, probably a lot of Russians there, who don't you know? want this to happen too. Um, yeah, probably a lot of Russians will. There's like the there's like mass helplessness. Apparently, the worst sanctions we're gonna do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, is Putin like 120 years old, or so? How is he always the leader of mm -hmm. Russia? I'm sick. of I it. do think of him as Cut some sort of like Slytherin. He's just uh he's just built up an immunity to polonium, um, and so it made. Wow, him stronger, he's only right? uh he's only 69. <laughs> nice. Don't he's only say 69. It. I mean, he looks Too like late. he's 40. <laughs> I didn't say that's, it. I said something else. That's only because uh, he's you've mostly seen him shirtless on horseback. That's going to make anybody fair. look 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing right into his hands by saying, oh, Putin looks 40. He looks great. Mm. <laughs> he's listening. Or it's false I don't flattery. know that he listens. Oh, maybe he does listen. Get him, you know, get him comfortable. And then we strike with <laughs> sanctions against his people. Right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then horses and cannons straight from Alaska into Kamchatka. Mm -hmm. Folks, once you're there, you got Yakutsk, you got Irkutsk. Come on. Uh, risk, the, the old Risk board game really screwed up my knowledge of the nations of the world, and I needed sure. Yakko Warner's Animaniac song to really flip that mm -hmm. for me in 93. In that like really straightened me out, although also quite dated. <laughs> yeah i won't <laughs> i won't go through it mm. that was most of the educational system in the 1990s yep. it was animaniacs and risk and it and worked maybe was that and now they that banned one, all of it giants song then that i think one. that was basically <laughs> geography uh well there were two there were giant songs only That's one of them was mildly about geography and it was about one nation <laughs> it's just about how one nation used to be called one thing now they're called another thing yeah, the other thing was a, a a fable about a particle man. So I don't think it was super educational. <laughs> okay, guys, we are going to take a real quick break for an ad from these sponsors. But first, a lighthearted joke. Hey, uh, folks, you know, water is a lot like milk in that you're supposed to drink at least eight glasses of it a day. And while it's pretty easy to get your milk in, personally, I like to chug it all at once, all eight ounces. It's best to just kind of like pound it out. Well, sometimes it's not as easy to drink the proper amount of water that our bodies need. And this is why I want to tell you about a hydration product called Liquid IV. Not only does one stick with Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrate you better than water alone, but it just makes drinking water a little bit more fun. Why? Because it comes in a bunch of great flavors like strawberry, pina colada, watermelon, and even caramel. 
No word yet on a milk flavor, but that just seems inevitable. Who doesn't crave a frothy glass of milk when thirsty? Personally, I find liquid IV to be best right after a workout or first thing in the morning. It also has three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and features the vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12, and C. So just what the heck are you waiting for? Go on, grab yourself some liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or better yet, get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code MORENEWS at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code MORENEWS at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code MORENEWS. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic of interest. I think we are. The I decided. Album Let's... Flood by David. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, we're going to talk about Trump for a little bit. And it's hard to talk about Donald Trump. We know. We feel like a. The a raw sexual lender. energy from just his yeah, name. It's just it powerful. Just, it's distracting. Right. Mm-hmm. Ugh, now there's even. a giant. Folks, mm. let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, gosh, it's depressing to talk about him because we feel like a broken record. It's impossible. (laughs) But we also have to talk about it because otherwise it's just happening and you're not. (laughs) Yeah, this is a new section called this fucking guy again. Mm. Or maybe it's called shrug. What you going to do? I don't know. Still beta test that one. That one Um, picture of Trump shrugging. Yeah. uh, Mm. Like a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. So what has come to light this week is that Trump's advisors in the last months of his presidency drafted two separate executive orders which would have ordered either the Department of Defense or the Department of Homeland Security to seize voting machines and declare fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, at least one of those documents, which is was never issued, uh, is now in the pos- yeah. <laughs> it's now in the possession of the January 6th House committee investigating the insurrection just to be clear on what's happening right now the january 6th panel is investigating whether or not the ag should bring charges against trump the investigation itself will not lead to anything from them other than a recommendation and while this information is very helpful in in presenting that case it's truly very very difficult to improve intent i don't know it's all frustrating but how is it possible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that someone who tried uh, to undermine our election and do a coup is like pretty much certainly going to be the nominee for the next election. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's literally already campaigning. This news came against. I mean, I, I don't know the timeline. I guess it's, as this news is breaking, he he's having a rally. Mm-hmm. His favorite safe space. Yeah, he loves I it. mean, Honestly, I think this man just wants to campaign and not be president, but whatever. So he's at a rally and he stands up there and he's declaring that he would pardon the January 6th riders and encouraging people to take to the streets and protest and stand up. If, mm-hmm. He loves you know, charges are protesters. brought against him. But like, again, pro- we're, we're talking about an investigation into him doing this exact same thing in to inciting a crowd. And he's standing up there inciting a crowd, doubling down. And it does feel um, bad. It feels bad. It feels bad. I was going to look for a different word. That's the word that came out. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a growing trend. Um, and he's, he's saying it louder and louder. Uh, like we've talked about uh, maybe recently, just like, because he's doing these rallies now. 
Um, and the people who the the everybody on the Trump train, all the all the politicians who are like, I gotta do what that guy did. He's a winner, even though he lost. Um, they're gonna listen to what he's saying and uh, just repeat it uh, in their own yeah. words. They're going to try to take his talking points because they think that's that's their their viable path. Just like last week, like four days ago or something, uh, there's a candidate uh, for Michigan State Senate uh, talking about how uh, just bring guns to polling places. Uh, oh, yeah. The quote is, yes. uh, if we if we can't change the tide, we yeah. need to be prepared to lock and load. So you ask, what can we do? Show up armed. Yeah. And someone else was saying, like, if you sus- suspect voter fraud, unplug the machines. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's it's so funny like it's not it's whatever just start it's beating like, it, it with a baseball it's just bat like all i don't know this that stuff. unplugging it is gonna re- do it right well i mean I, I don't know yeah but like it's the just like tech support advice of have you tried turning it off and then just yeah, giving yeah, up yeah, completely um but just like every single situation all of these are just like yeah these they're so worried about this voter fraud thing and so they do it yeah. Like they do vote tampering uh, because they're right. worried that people are tampering with the votes. Oh, good. The guy who said the gun thing is uh, he's very vocal about how he's endorsed by Donald Trump. Oh, good uh, for him. That's it. nice. Oh, yeah. What good a luck surprise in development in this conversation. Right. Maybe you're supposed to take the gun to the polling place because, you know, like you when you fill out like Trump or Biden, you don't think it's filled in enough. So if you take the gun and shoot right. through the hole that you're voting mm. for, that'll make it like really clear. Like maybe or maybe you're an about. undecided voter. So you bring a revolver and you have one bullet and you're like, I don't know, there's six choices. What's it going to be? And so you spin it and then um, I guess like shoot into the air. And if a uh, bullet uh, is shot, then you, know, you have to assign you have to assign exactly ahead of time. I imagine the bullet being the shot would for. be Republican, the bullet not being shot would be Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> so it's just it's all about, you know, um just making yeah. the right decision in that booth. You know, so here one, are some one other person, one vote, one bullet little one tidbits. Vote. About this story, uh, I guess the idea of ordering a federal agency to seize voting machines um, originated with Michael Flynn. Y'all remember Michael <laughs> Flynn and, um, so and Phil funny. Waldron, uh, a former army colonel. Uh, Excuse me, it's Bar- General Michael Flynn. Oh, Thanks. come on. It's respect called respect. For the yes. Former General Michael Flynn. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's like ret- um, retired Lieutenant General. It's, uh, there's a couple. Ugh. Yeah. There. Disgraced Retired clown Lieutenant Michael Flynn. General criminal Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn yes. Jr.'s father, Michael Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's also the article from uh, this is December 2020 that talks about how Giuliani asked the DHS Deputy Secretary Ken Cuccinelli if seizing voting machines was something they could do. And that was before January 6th even happened. I love that question. About. Like- is, that is this the thing we, we can do? do? I'm a lawyer, but what do you think? Speaking of Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> we could this is what I machines. wanted to get to. This whole segment is just setting us up mm. for the big news of the day, which is yeah. that Rudy Giuliani has been unmasked in last week's taping of The Masked Singer. That's right. Rudy Giuliani was on The Masked Singer, and that caused uh, Judges Ken Jong and Robin Thicke to leave the stage in protest, although they did come back on yeah, stage. Um, Not in protest, but under so contract. 
Yeah, so that's right. That's such a it's like one of those like disappointing uh reactions to something that's like an amazing opportunity. Uh, um I'm not familiar with the Max Mask Singer that much. It I'm seems like a fake show that is like a black mirror yeah. light sort it of does thing. Feel that, like, oh it? yeah, this is like a this is society yeah. now. It's just it's the tone whenever I see a clip I'm like this is deeply uncomfortable to watch. Um <laughs> so it's very weird yeah, so Tom, I don't know like sorry. Tom Ryman used to write columns about it. And I would just consume it that way. And I would let mm-hmm. him tell me about it like it's a fictional thing he made up. It was Perfect. It, it, yeah. as, as it should be. Um, <laughs> and it does it's feel so dystopian. So, so I don't know necessarily like what like what they unmask themselves and then they banter with the judges, I assume, for a little bit about the song. And None then, of us have seen it. Well, I don't know. When they're, they, they're, they all sing with the big costume and the mask on. And then when right. they lose, like the weakest singers have to unmask and they all guess like is it uh, Colin Jost is it you know uh, Guy Fieri and then it's Rudy (laughs) it's Rudy Giuliani under under there okay but like that immediately yeah Uh, but like uh, but like in that situation like (laughs) instead of walking out be like hey Rudy uh, do you feel like do you think it was smart to like Ask about seizing voting machines and election. Like, bring this kind of stuff up to his face on camera. You're doing it's like audience there. Make him very uncomfortable instead of like, oh, we walked out and it, but then we came back. Right. That's that's the story. (laughs) Uh, And I don't expect like fucking like Robin Thicke to do that. Uh, Yeah, you would need sleepy eyes Chuck Todd to be one of the masters. Exactly. And even then, Chuck Todd out there, even then, yeah. So why is it, uh, Maybe good, actually, that you did that, or like perhaps is you have an example of like a Democrat who did it that I can bring up. What if like Robin Thicke tried to grill Rudy Giuliani, and then Rudy Giuliani really effectively grilled Robin yeah. Thicke about his yeah. stuff? Yes, like, exactly. What if we got uh, <laughs> right, like Robin Thicke, like for some reason, really knows about Giuliani and all the like yeah, the yeah. things he's done over the years, and and he was ready for Giuliani was ready for it. It's like I've listened to your song. I know. I know what you've done. My hot take on this is kind of like whatever. <laughs> mm. I, I, I certainly do not support the rehabilitation of monsters, blah, blah, blah. But is this a rehabilitation? What this actually is, is somebody going on stage and acting like a, a fucking fool a little bit. Like he's got to go. Em- it's a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> Same like, this is, uh, well, this is four seasons total landscaping. This is uh <laughs> right. This is like your hair is bleeding him onto in a your big face. Costume and having him parade around in a mask and sing. Oh, I know. It just seems like in it's order like Sean to Spicer like be being on Dancing with the Stars, right? But in order to be embarrassed or an embarrassing thing, have you have to have shame. Shame and like I, it feels like a thing stupid. where he's like, yeah, I I got on TV, I got attention, and I probably got paid. Right? I don't know if you get paid, but he definitely gets attention. I mean, it's obviously some a desperation of wanting to be relevant in some way. Oh, yeah. And no, I'd prefer if they're not. But to me, the only thing he's doing up there is looking like a dumb. (laughs) He's also a monster who, if I remember how that show works in general, is dressing up like an actual literal monster. Yeah. yeah. Aren't they all like huge animals and stuff? He was dressed up like uh, Sidney Powell. It's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, they're like, again, it's like these sort of like big dystopian like costume mask sort of things that like I mean they're huge there's yeah the more people feel like he's a kaiju I think that's probably I mean, good I guess I don't know like <laughs> like ridiculous costumes anyway we don't have to talk about this anymore 
Um, I mean, it's definitely like a degrading thing. And uh, like most reality TV, it just seems like it brushes off of him. Right. Like he's still he's still kicking. (laughs) He's still he's still doing this kind of stuff. Uh, But also but I I do agree that like (laughs) whatever. I, it's I, clear I like nobody's learned happen. anything it's it's not it's like ridiculous that this show uh asked him to be on the show and thought it was a good idea um and it'll keep happening fucking you know after trump's second term uh he'll, he'll be, be on, on one it. of these shows and it's it's he'll- so wild that trump is like slam dunk the next nominee like i i, I try to find ways this stuff is fun and and <laughs> it's you gotta fun on some level that every other republican is deeply less popular than donald trump it is very like, funny the worst um, grossest weirdest president we've ever had is more popular than every member of the republican party and yet somehow they will win <laughs> back the senate in a few mm. months um, yeah the closest i think is uh desantis is like the closest to like i guess mm. if we have to if it can't be Trump, who we love, then, then like there's this other guy who's just like trying to pretend to be Trump and like not the worst at it. Like everyone's bad at it, but he's not the and worst at it. Nobody's nobody's going to come out and push back against Donald Trump if he wants mm. to run. Right. Jonathan, <laughs> let's go through some broken news stories real quick. Let's do it. Whoopi Goldberg has more been like Whoopsie for- Goldberg. Hey. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Thank yeah, you. she's been more like Whoopi Cushion because she's funny. Sorry, right. no, <laughs> it's fine. We everyone knows what I'm about to say. She's been suspended from the yeah. view for two weeks after she said on Monday's episode that the Holocaust was not about race. She said the Holocaust is about man's inhumanity to man, uh, since uh, it was about two white groups of people. Uh, mm-hmm. She apologized hours later on Twitter, saying I should have said it is about both. Uh, she shared a quote from Jonathan Greenblatt from the ADL that said the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jewish people who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. Lots of things here. Obviously, she's very wrong and we should talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I did appreciate I thought her apology was pretty good. Um, and I've seen a lot of people sharing the take, you know, I'm not Jewish. Seeing a lot of my Jewish friends sharing the perspective of yeah, we, we accept that. It's a complicated thing that people are unpacking. Um, I appreciate that she learned, and I think <laughs> it's ridiculous that she was then suspended for two weeks. <laughs> like, she actually uh, took accountability for it. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just sharing that perspective. But there is obviously so much wrong with what she said and is a big problem. Um, and yeah, you can tie that back to how we don't want to talk about history, how we are misremembering basic facts because yeah the holocaust is about race people view yeah jewish as a race <laughs> um it's... and it is complicated because you can choose you can convert you know you can you can choose to become a part of it but there is a racial factor in but this. they viewed like that's the thing the nazis viewed it as, as right such. they viewed um, it as a race and that's and, why it uh, is a racial thing that their whole thing i mean there's a reason the term the master race is Right. Makes you think of Nazis. And it's interesting, too, because it was about race for them. And it was also about man's inhumanity to man. Um, One could say the same thing about like most atrocities like this. Right. Like 
uh, slavery was about race and man's inhumanity to man. Right. It's um, both things. <laughs> it, it's it's like it's like both things, right? Isn't isn't like racism yeah. about that too? Is like, it racism, racism itself is, is about humanity. yeah yeah? Um, and also the Nazis took a lot of cues from uh, America's uh, system mm-hmm. of slavery uh, and mm-hmm. how they developed their policies. So maybe there's something there too uh, that more people should know about and understand about how our country. Well, was formed and, so and grew me, and then influenced other atrocities around. A better world. way to handle this situation would be to continue to have the conversation to then the next day, instead of Whoopi being suspended for two weeks, because it's not like she's doubling down. She's saying, oh, I stand corrected. Continue to explore that. Have people on to, to talk about those connections, to unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think um, that that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. That would be know. a bit of a missed opportunity to let, yeah, let her talk more, especially because she like she seems to understand the error. Um, and I don't mean to I, be like, also oh, like only when it's people we don't agree with completely that we say uh, you get kicked off of something. I, well, yeah, also like I just wouldn't describe like I've seen people like, oh, they're canceling Whoopi. Well, suspended for not, two weeks is what? That's not. I mean, unless for some reason that's yeah. a stepping stone to being fired, but right, but like the word "canceled" is very explicitly like right, right. That's there, being there's misused. a reason that's the that's the word that's used. Um, I saw a lot of people like, well, if they're if they're gonna do that, they should bring like bring back Gina Carano, and like there's oh. these situations where also like in a lot of these situations, the person doesn't understand and apologize in a way that people are, accept and makes clear that like, oh yeah, you do understand. So it's just like seems like floundering to find like a reason. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. The idea that like swapping Goldberg for Carano, like it's a prisoner exchange or something, is very <laughs> right. strange to me. I don't get it. S- suspend uh, her for two weeks. Put Gina Carano back on the Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> side note: I still just think it's right. hilarious that people do that. Where it's like, did you think that she was really good on the show? Are you really? <laughs> are you like a Cara Dune super fan? Or is it just yeah. this sort of culture war like thing that you have to pretend? Uh, I saw a fucking tweet like something about like oh who was the oh who was the bad example? It was like something about Neil Young, and like they picked some dog shit band to be like clearly like they're better than Neil Young. It was like Kid Rock or something like he's more talented. It's like I just uh, love when you Ted have Nugent to or something. They, yeah, they just get in these right. this like the back into a corner where like they have to pretend this person is like really talented and they've always loved them, or this <laughs> other like really talented person is like they're actually not that good because I disagree with them. And it's just, like you can say they're good and you disagree. You can say that this person you want to defend their freedom of speech or whatever, and also they're not a good actress. And like who is I don't know. It's all it's all <laughs> right. mess. And and with media too, like. This entire whoopee story of this, maybe I'm like out of touch with what the rest of the country loves, but like, what is the view? What is it for? <laughs> what do they do on that show? Like, I thought I thought it was a chat show, and sometimes they interview people, and apparently they tried to like come up with new takes on the Holocaust. Yeah. Like, so yeah, like, what, what is, yeah, that's a great what question. What is the format is, of that TV show? That's like Jeopardy. What right, is how are we view? talking about this now as a product of a conversation on The View? Like, because The Apprentice, I know how all of the rest of this happened. It's because one guy sucks, but like, <laughs> like, what are the segments on The View? What is it 
before like I, I thought it was to would, sell soap to during watch. the day and then and then some interesting stuff gets talked it's, about. It's ladies what? having opinions, I guess. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they were talking about what we talked about last week. They were talking about Ma- uh, Mouse, the graphic novel being uh, banned oh. in that one by that one school board in Tennessee and talking mm. about Holocaust education and stuff. And I think Joy Behar or someone was like, well, yeah, this all ties in with how we teach about holo- the Holocaust, how we teach about race. And Whoopi Goldberg is like, well, wait, no, no, no. These are like two separate things. So that's how, like they yeah. the, the view. And I only know this because there, there will be a segment from the view that like goes viral once a month. I think more often when mm. Meghan McCain was there. Um, yes, because <laughs> she, she would say stuff that, that like would really too. throw the other panelists. But they do like they bring in like the about her current father. events. Uh, yeah, they they would talk about her dad a lot. Whoever that is, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, let's do one more broken news story before I th- we get on out of here. I think you know what it's gonna be. I do. It's I about lay it on us. The boars. About mm. the boars. Truly, <laughs> all these here. Thank you According so to an article this week, <laughs> that's what in the we're New calling Times. all these roaming Teslas hurting. People. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, this is all a Tesla story. Um, yeah, feral pigs in the San Francisco Bay Area are apparently. This is a quote: tearing up lawns, ripping through golf course fairways, threatening the drinking water, and disturbing the harvests at Napa Vineyards. Mm. Many Californians mm. want them dead. Haven't us Californians been through enough without the the feral hogs making their way? Our precious to golf our courses. Precious golf courses. Yeah. Do we know where people. they are teleporting from, or is it mm, uh, like have we traced these these rats? Cody. To yeah. Are there like I I uh, I haven't seen anything on like any sort of trace elements or like sig- like usually they leave. There's like a signal you can sort of detect, um, and then yeah. triangulate from there where it came from. <laughs> but I don't know if they got that information because you know they're playing golf. They're not going to have those devices on hand. Um, <laughs> I'm reading the quote. I'm sorry. Jonathan included something from this article that I want to read. The, the Times says there is a feral swine bomb going on in the United States at the, at the moment. And, and here's what they wrote. For decades, feral swine armed with their knife sharp tusks that protrude from snouty mouths have torn up fields of corn, peanut and cotton in wide swaths of Texas in the South, causing what the U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates as two and a half billion in damage every year. Uh, A mighty a military fighter jet was wrecked several decades ago after a collision with two wild pigs on a runway in Florida. Weighing hundreds of pounds, they can be extremely dangerous and in rare cases have attacked and killed humans. Well, we know that. But gosh, I love their knife sharp tusks that protrude from I mean, mouths. You got to be clear on who we're uh, dealing with. It's We're no longer doing, uh, you know, pro-boar propaganda. Now it's anti-boar propaganda and they're being very clear. We We must fear them. They do have knife sharp tusks that protrude from their snouty mouths. Um, <laughs> Let's bookmark this for our next this, Bora episode. <laughs> when I was copying down this quote, do you has anyone here listened to Hardcore History? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, not yeah. recently. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a podcast called Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, and he reads quotes like this, and I just picture yeah, reading does. it in his voice yeah. and like finishing it with estimates 2.5 billion in damage every year. End quote. You know, and, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's always the uh, quote and again for decades. Feral swine armed with their knife sharp tusks. <laughs> yeah. Quote. Uh, yeah, he's very he's like throaty and also breathy. 
Yeah. Uh, it's very entertaining. I, I can, I can listen show. to Won't... that man like read scary quotes like mm-hmm. over and over. And that's and I, I would love to get him to to read this one. That'd be that'd be amazing. I have a two minute <laughs> clip of me doing Dan Carlin from Hardcore History describing the events of the Phantom Menace as if he's telling like <laughs> the history of war. Now this is pod racing. Um it's uh I love his that's voice. Fun. It's so good. <laughs> All right. I think that does it for us this week. But boy, it's it's been fun. Uh, Alex, thank mm. you so much for joining us. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you online uh, and where they can check out your podcast and your work, etc. Thank you, and and Ooh. thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> your camera's not on. Are you okay? My computer just fell. I'll turn the camera. Which bore was it? Describe them. Yeah, describe the bore. <laughs> snouty. He was snouty. Self-driving bores. <laughs> snouty could be any of them. Um, <laughs> that, could, I, that could be any of the boards. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I make a podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Thank you so much for the kind words about it and for guesting and being so good on it. And Anytime. yeah, I, I hope people so check it out. It's, we take one thing people think is ordinary, talk about why it's amazing and fascinating. The very latest one is about the Legend of Zelda games, which is probably Ooh. the most upfront exciting topic ever. Oh, yeah. That and seems, before yeah. that, it was bricks, bananas. <laughs> uh, the next one's going to be wool. Like It's it's things Hell that yeah. are around you that you could be more excited about. There's a lot of interesting facts about all this stuff. Way more yeah. than you'd ever imagine. And yeah. And I've been listening to Zelda soundtracks like all the time now because of researching it. It mm-hmm. turns out the music is amazing. I had never oh. played the games. Very good, very good yeah, music. Incredible. A lot, of the, a lot of the themes from uh, Ocarina of Time are like locked in. They're very good. And also let our listeners know your Twitter handle or wherever where they can find you. There's no moon thing from DuckTales, the game, but they're good. Sorry, go ahead. At <laughs> <laughs> Alex Schmitty on Twitter and alexschmitty.com. And then it's at SifPod for all the secretly incredibly fascinating. Do it. Follow the things. Do Check it. out the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Have really, really thank weekend. you for having me, especially for a boar story. I don't know. There's something about it, you know? That's <laughs> oh, classic. It's such that's, a thrill to have you stuff. here. The good days. We're going to have you, the good we'll have you the back. Bo- there was only one boar. As much as you'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great weekend. And remember, weekend. remember we love you very we... much. Nah. We really do. Nah.